Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me uh, this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. It is nice to be back, I have to say. And I was going to ask what I miss, um, and then I looked at the, the overall level of the JSE all day and thought, not very much. Not <laughs> I mean, much. when I left on the 28th of June, it was 68,058 points. It's now 67,652 points. In other words, a decline of 0.6%. So I don't feel too guilty about taking such an obscenely long holiday. But what was the rent? Yeah, no, okay. Well, the rent, <laughs> it, it would have helped if it hadn't gone to hell in a handbasket <laughs> while I was blithely spending my euros. Um, yes, so that was the rather expensive aspect of it. And I suppose um, uh, the, the currency today seemed to confound a few people because the, the sentiment initially, at least, for markets seemed to be risk on and the rand risk off and then kind of reversed. Um, David, maybe we start there. Um, yeah, it, it, it's surprising. I think a lot had to do has to do with emerging markets. I was going through most of the movements today and retailers came under a lot of pressure, I think worried about the inflation number that came out and where this will lead interest rates and how this will impact on the, uh, on the overall um, you know, economy. But, I, but Julieta, what what's is uh, evident is that the volumes are particularly low, very, very low. We're once again at 16, 17 billion. So, um, it, it, it's very hard to do big volumes, uh, you know, on our market. And then the other side that we've had that's been under pressure have been the commodity markets. You know, mm -hmm. with with a lot of the commodities going down, that's also put a bit of pressure on on the overall market. Although today miners were slightly better. Yeah. But I think if you go through the consumer side, um, uh, all the retailers came down, and uh, with the exception of Massmart, for some reason, was up about eight percent. Yeah, Don't but then it'll why. collapse in a heap. Tomorrow, possibly. Um, Wayne, um, with the inflation reading that came out today, do you think, uh, uh, and there's an um, MPC meeting tomorrow, do you think there's an, um, a good chance that it's going to be 75 basis points and what impact will that have on the market? Or um, do you think, uh, especially if you consider that the last time our inflation was at this rate, um, our interest rates actually ended up being a lot higher than where we are now? Yes. <clears throat> I think there's two factors. I think we're going to see 0.75, but the second factor is by far the most important. This is a very different kind of inflation to what we saw last time around. In the last time around, you had to squash demand, whereas now there's no such story like, like, like that. I mean, this is all supply side. It's all oil price, food prices, bottlenecks, etc. the war, all of these things. Let's just say if it were possible, if tomorrow the oil price falls to 70 and food prices fall at 30%, inflation disappears. Mm. So there's no need to do excessive hiking. And I don't think that, uh, well, all reserve banks worldwide know this because this kind of inflation you can measure daily. I mean, oil, oil year on year, two months ago was 80%, it's now 40. Food prices, oil prices, commodity prices, all of these things are rolling over. And we are going to, in the next, let's say by the middle of next year, see a dramatic fall in inflation and we'll see the commensurate interest rate cuts at the end of next year. So 
This is a very different kind of inflation from the normal inflation that you get that actually scares central banks, and that's demand-driven inflation. But as, um, and I don't know if you um, maybe read this article that came out a few days ago, it was Katie Martin writing for the Financial Times, and she called it, um, the era of the great exasperation arrives for investors, <laughs> where you, you have a call, you think, okay, inflation's peaked, and then it hasn't. Um, and then you think, oh, the bonds are going to fall out of bed, and then they don't. And um, one of the, the uh, fund managers that she spoke to said, um, well, Robert Bank said it's the maddening market pendulum, and one fund manager said he feels like he's just banging his head against a wall where you sort of feel like you're going nowhere really and then there's all these extraneous factors swirling around and and i suppose you just don't quite know what to do with yourself that's why you must have very little faith in investment analysts and (laughs) commentators and everything because nobody really knows and you pay them lots of money to tell you nothing as that article told you you know it didn't give you any direction so um, just know who you're dealing with. But I, 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 I actually, just taking what Wayne said, there's another element of this as well, and that's a strong dollar. And I think a lot of central banks have to keep up with that by raising rates, you know, so that uh, the money doesn't flow from. It, there's still an attraction. And I think there's a very big attraction to buy long bonds here at the moment, you know, despite all the issues. So you don't want to lose that advantage. And I think that's also one of the reasons that uh, the Reserve Bank will continue to, to push rates up or at least keep rates ticking higher. Yeah. But, I, but, but some nice signs are appearing in the market now. <laughs> Might be early, but uh, the, the, I, you know, I'm very impressed with what's happening at the moment. Um, we'll go into that. Yeah, mm. okay. Well, I mean, let's mm. get to some questions and then talk about some of the, um, maybe the particular companies you're referring to. So actually, there was a question on City Lodge. Um, and uh, given that my uh, plane was full of uh, Swiss and Germans and French and very few South Africans last night, I wonder if some of them might be staying at the City Lodge over the course of their holiday. And the question is, it'll be good to hear thoughts given the recent update to the market. The debt has been reduced due to East African sales, average occupancy around 50% and on the up and the refinancing of the debt that remains. The weaker rand should promote travel and even City Lodge should benefit. What, uh, what else can you buy for four bucks a share? Tongart? Uh, no, wait, they're suspended. I think I'll stick to a City Lodge. It feels like great value and that the stock could easily gain 50% in the next 12 months. Well, who can say? But um, the overall thesis, Wayne, do you think is correct? Yeah, I think the thesis is, is correct. I think foreigners will definitively start coming back. They are coming back already. You fly anywhere domestically. I know, I know. Uh, Kome is out the system, but even before Kome went out the system, system planes are absolutely chock-a-block. I've stayed in a few hotels just recently. They all seem quite full. They all seem quite bustling. The the tourist centers, yes, I mean, whether tourists will stay at City Lodge, I suppose some some will, but, you know, you, you're getting it truly at incredibly low prices. I mean, this thing was, what, 22, 23, 24 rand, you know, and it's now trading at four bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact is, yeah, that they can't, they can't, they can't have a worse time than what they did during mm. COVID. I mean, what is curious though is that at the start of the year, when there was a lot more expectation, and now we're seeing maybe the proof of that expectation. So you are seeing the occupancies, you are seeing the travellers arrive. That at the start of the year, the share price was north of six rand, and it's dwindled all the way back down to four rand. Um, David, I mean, is it just the market got ahead of itself, and this is maybe? kind of the true value level for City Lodge at, at present, or is the market getting it wrong here, crucially? 
I, I, I can't say. I don't, you know, I don't know whether the market is. They still have a lot of debt, as uh, do all the hospitality companies and hotel groups, because of the problems they had over their two years, which they have to work out. But I, I think we'll work this out slowly. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting quite positive about where where we're going. You know, I'm talking the global, the global economy. I think there was far too much pessimism. And uh, I think we, you know, that's, as Wayne said, the, the pendulum swung a little too far. And I think it's going to come probably closer to the center. And I think people will slowly return and you'll start to get slightly better numbers. It's going to take them time to work down the debt, but at least we, we're facing in the right direction. Yeah. And this is a good destination, despite all the issues here. And we've got plenty of them. Um, I think from a tourist point of view, um, you know, I, I, I think we'll see a lot more, particularly in this December season. Yeah, I must say, I felt rather um, having been in a in a country where it's it's practically public sector perfection, although not entirely, uh, i.e., Germany, where things <laughs> work. Um, you start realizing just how far South Africa has fallen, and with regards to you know, if you're a, if you're a, a voyager and you think, okay, well, I can't, the the planes are full, let me take a train. You can't take a train in South Africa anymore. You yeah. can't do that. And then you think, uh, okay, how do people get around? Um, so I feel that we are not fully exploiting our tourist potential as a country in any way, given what's happened mm. to our infrastructure over the last five years, which is a, a colossal tragedy, actually, because we could be doing so much better. But that's, uh, that's just a personal aside. You know, look, the, the, the tourist infrastructure is basically unaffected. I mean, I don't think tourists, other than taking the blue train, went by train, you know, they certainly mm. didn't catch the Shores of Lose Express, you know, they flew everywhere or went by luxury bus. And when you look at the two tourist destinations, yeah, there's nothing wrong with them. There's no destruction of infrastructure there at all. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and I have to say I just... Think so. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think I think if you go to the game reserves and places like that, they must be packed, absolutely packed. And I think they will continue to be so. Um, I'm talking without knowledge, I'm just assuming. Yeah. And I think that uh, come Cape Town in uh, December as well, I think you'll battle to find hotels and so on. Well, so expect, expect, you know, we've seen it now in America. I mean, the travel is, uh, my wife and my daughter are on the way to Chicago this morning. They had to wait like 40 minutes in the queue. This is in Boston. Sorry, they were in Boston on the way to Chicago. That's how long the queues are to get through security and places like that. People are really moving. I don't see that, I don't see that uh, letting up at all. Yeah. I think that will continue into our holiday season as well. Uh, there was a question that came in earlier on Nedbank um, asking, um, given their view on Nedbank's update today, looks good, uh, EPS and HEPs over 20% up. Another comment, please, are our shares cheap on the JSC compared to other world markets? Um, David, firstly on Nedbank's um, trading I, update. No, I, I, I have to echo Wayne because Wayne has been Big on the banks, but if you look at it in pure numbers, I mean, here this is this. If you just double those earnings that they had today, you're on, you're on a PE of what less than eight and a dividend yield of over four and a half. So I mean, anybody just looking for safety and security, and they're secure. You know, the one thing is we're not in 2007, 2008. This is not that kind of recession at all. The banks are really solid. I say that for the American banks as well. They're not under threat. You know, they've got the capital to withstand a lot. They might not be growing phenomenally, mm. but they're still very, very solid. So I think anybody wants to park your money, what, at a 4.5% dividend yield, that's fine. Mm. You know, 
it's it's it, it makes very you know very good sense and Wayne, and, and relative, uh, relatively speaking, um, the, the cheap, uh, would you say the JSC uh, shares are cheap compared to other world markets? Or, or maybe you'd have to be uh, trade carefully. It's, it's not a given that there's a blanket no, uh, um, sort of no. good value. You know, I don't think our market's expensive at this level. And, you know, it is one of the cheaper markets. But if you're thinking about buying, you probably want to buy US Tech because mm. they've fallen so significantly, and these are seriously large companies. It's not the dot-com bubble, yeah? Mm. With big balance sheets, massive cash flows, huge customer base, you know, for the moment, very little competition other than maybe Netflix. So the, the, to me, it would be a toss-up if you want to buy, and that is the next move. Do you buy South African shares, or do you buy U.S. tech? Mm. Well, I mean, just if you looked at Netflix's results, um, and one mm. of the things they talked about was the their free cash flow and their conversion mm. of cash flow. And they said they've gone past the, the, the point of transforming the business where there used to just be a platform and now they generate their content and they feel that they've gone past kind of the, the biggest, most capital intensive point of that change yes. and are in a good mm. position. I mean, I don't know if the market kind of agrees with that. Well, up 6.8% today would maybe suggest that it does. And I suppose at $215 rather than $700, um, you would probably yeah. be quite happy to buy shares there now, given where they are well, look, uh, they, in the business. Look, they're all the ones that are of the big tech that are probably facing the most competition simply because of, you know, Amazon coming in and Disney and uh there's, there's quite a few competitors in their field. But yes, I mean, as you said, look at the share price. Mm. They're quite positive about it. I'm, I'm not a great Netflix fan, you know, because of exactly what Wayne said, the competition. But, uh, you know, as you say, you pass that level. And also, they're starting to introduce ads. You know, so you're not looking for subscription. You can just go on to Netflix now and you have to suffer these insufferable ads, you know, <laughs> American ones as well, because that's what they're going to stream. And probably they'll sell South African ones wherever you are for the area. And, and that's how they'll start to get their revenue base. But you'll still be able to watch the shows, you know, extended a little bit with ads. If you go on to things like Hula and there are quite a few places like that. So I was quite impressed by you know, but what they're saying about the future and the numbers that they will attract using that. That model. Oh, have we just lost David? A different Has, company, but I wouldn't yeah. write them off. Yeah, okay. Sadly, we, we, we lost you there, but I think we got the gist of it. Um, uh, and then there was a question on uh, what they think, uh, what you both think of Richmond and NVIDIA and if you'd be buying either mm. of those shares. Um, mm. David, sticking with you and just sticking with NVIDIA while we talk about tech stocks, um, and, and it is a stock that in, in the past that you have happily bought, would you continue to do so? Absolutely. You know, for the same reason that Wayne said now. And I think if you've looked at the numbers coming out of the semiconductor companies, I mean, they're still very, very strong. Yes, the pockets that are slowing down, like the desktop computers and everything, but as an industry, it's still very, very strong. And that, you know, my, my stock pick is, is, is ASML. Their numbers were out. And I mean, if you analyze it, forget about there's some technical issues on the accounting side, which are, uh, you know, one won't go into to take too much time to explain. But I mean, it's a superb number. And all it's doing is pointing to this incredibly strong demand for, mm. for semiconductors. So that's where NVIDIA, and NVIDIA is way ahead. 
Wayne, your thoughts on NVIDIA in particular? Because you have a, you have a few no, um, uh, you know, chip companies to choose from. It's actually quite a, yes, quite the, a handful. Uh, I, there's, no, there's no problem with chip companies structurally and certainly in the shorter term as well. I mean, you know, as the fourth, fifth, sixth industrial revolution gets going, <laughs> there'll just be more and more chips used in every single thing. And there's tremendous, obviously tremendous uh, uh, demand for it. I mean, they are essentially commodities. You know, that isn't essentially a commodity, so it could probably become more volatile. But yes, I, I, I think that that's right. I, I would go for NVIDIA. Um, and then what about Richemont? Um, so I noticed the queues. It was interesting to me to see the queues outside the luxury goods stores. So Louis Vuitton, perennial favorite. Uh, Gucci doing mm. quite well. Christian Dior, actually. Um, uh, Miu Miu, which is uh, Prada. No, no one in the shop whatsoever. So I don't know if they've got their fashion wrong. Um, but, and of course, unfortunately, uh, Richemont doesn't own uh, Louis Vuitton. Uh, LVMH does. It owns um, yeah. the high-end watches and a few jewelry brands. Um, when, where they're no, like trading it. at the I mean, moment? When, when, when the price ran up to 250 you know, at the beginning of this year, it, was, it simply got ahead of itself. It's now back down at 180, 190, which I think is actually very reasonable value because, you know, there's no shortage of people spending money mm. on, on the luxury goods. And normally the people, you know, like Shapiro, they buy luxury goods. You know, they've got no debt. They're high interest rates. <laughs> interest rates don't worry them at all. So I think the outlook is actually quite good at this price. Mm. Mm. I have to I, say, I, just, I feel there like... Num- yeah. There was, mm-hmm. there was a number on, on Swiss watch sales which was very impressive. You know, they publish this, I think, every month, uh, exports and very, very strong numbers, which supports Richemont. Look, I would prefer to have LVMH or some of the other luxury brands, but I mean, if, you, if, if uh, you know, you can't dismiss Richemont. It's still a very, very strong brand and very good numbers. I must say, I am kicking myself that I didn't, when their shares came off, when they tanked, um, mm. uh, when, you know, they came out with that trading update, which <laughs> to all intents and purposes, well, the results looked fabulous, um, uh, but it was uh, Johan Rupert's rather bearish comments, but he's perennially bearish. So I'm not quite sure why the market got so spooked when their shares fell, uh, what, 15% in a day or perhaps more than that. I kind of thought this is an opportunity to buy them mm. and they were in mm. the 140s and now... It, uh, you know, they're north of 185 rand, so it does feel as if that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was at that price for such a little, such a short time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Then a question on, um, I don't know if you follow it, it's, uh, um, hang on a second. Um, okay, no, you probably would follow these. Um, Renogen and Process, your thoughts there? Notice that NASPASS and Process seem to have recovered quite nicely. I, yes, they did. I took out the numbers, way of uh, they have bought back. So the group over the last three weeks have bought back 1.8. I have to read this, otherwise I'll mess it up. 1.85 million shares to a value of 4.7 billion rand. That's nice purse. And they have bought back 15.67 million process shares to a value of 17.5 billion. In total, they've spent 22 billion. So, I mean, a lot of money's gone to, to pushing up the share prices, you know, to, to supporting it. So, I mean, as long as they're going to spend money like that, those shares are going to go up, you know, regardless, especially in low volume. So, understand, they're taking this seriously. You know, they're not playing. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, Wayne, you must mm. feel quite vindicated because your stock pick mm. about a month ago was, in fact, 
NASPASS all process. Yeah. Um, and I mean, do you feel the, what I didn't they think said... it would happen that quickly. Mm, okay. Mm. To be honest, and, and it probably wouldn't have happened without the share buyback because clearly that has been the activating factor to get the share prices up so much. But I still think there's a bit of a discount in in NASPASS in particular. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be selling now. I don't think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the stock that um, well, very quickly on Renogen. I don't know if you have either of you have had a look at it lately. It started yes. the year on a real hype um, and, you know, clearly great things are happening there at the Virginia plant. Um, the helium market is fascinating. Um, and seems so we to are told in- every day. Yeah, <laughs> every yeah, day so we, told we every did day. a memo every day to tell us how well things are going. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, they, they can maybe they can maybe tone down the swamping <laughs> of information. <laughs> look. I mean, if you get a company like this, it's tremendous outlook. Things are great. It's very positive. It could do extremely well, but it is still, by and large, mm-hmm. an exploration company. Eh? So, you know, don't put all your money in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, don't take anything away from Stevano. We we have it, you know, his, I, I, I think he's really doing well. He's a clever man and he might have a really good uh, proposition there, but... Uh, it takes time, you know. We know from, as Wayne says, you know, exploration. It takes a long time to finally bring these things into the kind of level that you want, you know, where they start pumping out money and you get your money back. Yeah. Hmm. What about a company called Core Lithium? It's, I think it's an Australian company, um, and it's quite okay. popular amongst uh, um, uh, uh, retail investors. Um, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if either of you know anything about it or. If you don't know anything about core lithium per se, what you feel of buying, okay, lithium, mm. um, which is, a, yeah. I suppose, a fundamental metal at the moment, um, but then also, is it okay to buy a metal that is in massive demand, um, or is it never okay to buy a single commodity company? I mean, because there's a few theories there if you, if you can't speak yeah. about the company specifics. Look, look, generally, you don't buy single commodity companies, but you know, you don't hold commodity companies in your portfolio over over decades, they are they are or they should be at least you know a proper trading share. Now lithium, I mean, I've had exposure now, and we all have had exposure, I suppose, to batteries. Battery mm-hmm. technology isn't greater. These things don't last all that all that long. And I'm personally not convinced that the electric future is an electric battery future. If the future is electric, but I'm not sure battery is going to be the. You know, it might be hydrogen. It might be. I don't know, a lot of other different things, uh, fuel cells. Mm. I'm not convinced that batteries are going to be the future. Mm. Mm. I think there's just a little too much enthusiasm for lithium. I like I like it. I've, I own a, uh, a lithium or a battery ETF because it's spread across a number of uh, manufacturers. And uh, they're doing well, and most of them are in China. That's where the technology leads. But I get very nervous when... When every second person is buying a lithium mine, you know, this is memories of Bitcoin or something. This is, uh, you know, you, oh, no. I, you know, you know, those fashionable stocks get, I get very nervous when something becomes fashion. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 that, that's, that for me is a warning sign. Yes, you can go along for the ride, but just know when to get out. Yeah, and actually, there's more than a few of those in the JSE, although mm. their names, mm. uh, Sackoil. Remember Sackoil? Mm. Um, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> more than a few people. You know, that's before um, I suppose, suspect this mm. year's time. But, but, uh, but then a, a battery ETF, as you say, spread mm. the risk. 
if you like mm. the if you, if you believe yeah. in the, you know yeah. in, in the um the prospects then um mm. not a bad option okay but um, wait, wayne's right this is this is open-ended hey this is uh this is you know th there's going to be a lot of alternative energy sources um that will be that will be investigated and so on so just just be careful you know just 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 that, you know, just you know, I mean, don't commit yeah. everything to it, yeah. Okay. Well, very quickly, your stock picks this evening. David's already sort of given us a hint of his. Um, Wayne, uh, yours? Going for SA government bonds. I mean, they're yielding 11%. Inflation's probably peaking now, and it's going to go down, as I said earlier on, in the middle of next year. It'll drop significantly. We could get inflation second half of next year, 3%, 4%, maybe even lower, surprisingly enough. And this is an exceptionally good real yield. It mm. truly is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And David, if, if viewers missed the earlier part of the show, you were talking about ASML. That would be your pick. Yeah, their numbers uh, were out this morning. Yeah. Uh, initially, the market responded negatively, but it's, there's accounting issues. You know, they, they have to delay their, their uh, when they bring on the sales uh, onto their books and they defer it. And that. But what impresses me, what the outlook is, you know, into the next five, 10 years, how they see demand. And this is a monopoly. Mm. So I love monopolies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, um, and you love them when they're half the price of their recent trading highs. They, um, they it, were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully you weren't uh, buying in at $900 um, or 900 euros. It's a, a Dutch company. Um, but we shall leave it there. David, Wayne, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Nice to chat to you both. Uh, David Shapiro from Sussman Securities, Wayne McCovey from F&B Wealth and Investments. And we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good evening. Thank <laughs> you.